everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. Yes, this is our weekly show where we delve into the mind of someone who exhibits both style and substance right here in the Middle East. Now, we've talked to all sorts of people over the last month or two from the worlds of art, sports, travel, and technology. But this week marks the first time we've got a full-blown entrepreneur in the Esquire Q&A studio. Raj Kotecha is a man of many talents. He's a motivational and business strategy speaker. He's a DJ, and he's the CEO of Creative Content Agency, a business that he founded. He has spent the last two decades helping brands and entrepreneurs get better, and has recently founded several events that aim to connect like-minded people together, including My Friends, Your Friends, and Viner World. He's also no stranger to podcasting with his very own podcast show, Other People's Podcasts, with none other than Fat Man Scoop. But that's enough waffle from me. Why don't we get straight to talking to the man himself? Enjoy. So, kind of let's get right to it. Um, I was on your LinkedIn page earlier. Um, I couldn't really decipher what it is you do. Not because you don't have a job, but it looks like you have many, many jobs. Mm. So, let's say you're at a dinner party. You don't know anyone there. Someone asks what you do. What do you say? So, I've been in the creative game for 20 years. Started off as a... As a, as a flyer boy and party promoter in Manchester in the 90s. And it's taken me the best part of that 20 years to figure that out. So at the moment, because the majority of my revenue comes from my creative agency, the creative content agency, I tell people that what we do is we essentially plan, produce, publish, and promote content for B2B brands. Mm. So it's very interesting for marketing agencies and social media agencies to make the next viral video, the next cat on a skateboard for a mm. brand, you know, that goes and does a million, couple of million hits. What we do is we focus on the B2B world. So whether you're looking at, you know, hotel investors or high net worth individuals, C-level folks, people that are in finance, oil and gas, you know, people that struggle to get their media across, mm. we find homes for that online, mm. whether it be through LinkedIn video, YouTube, Instagram. But you're absolutely right. Like my background includes you know, starting the first ringtones, independent ringtones content portal mm. in 2003, 2004, when mm. Crazy Frog was a thing. <laughs> I was an active like street hustler. Like I was in the streets of Manchester, mm. flyering around all like the gangsters and the, the, the dangerous people trying to raise money so that I could pay off my school fees. So I did my undergrad and my postgrad there. I spent a bit of time in the movie industry. I was, I was quite early in the days of YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, going to back and forth to New York and LA, interviewing rappers in Harlem, LA, uh, met people like Kendrick Lamar very mm -hmm. early, uh, developed a relationship with the Wu-Tang Clan, launched uh, after parties for Russell Peters back in 2005, six, seven. So I've been super diverse. And I think that that gives me the, the breadth and the authority, I think, to run this agency the way that I do. Mm. I'm not a headline reader. Mm. I've actually gone out and done it. I've you know worked with Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. launched the Ask Gary V Show book mm. and Jab, 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 Right Hook. I've mm. been interviewing him for 10 years. That's like my older brother. So... I'm really active, man. And I guess that makes it hard when you try and commit to a platform like LinkedIn or somewhere to put a bio. Like mm. bi creating a bio is like, that's like the hardest thing you can ask <laughs> me to do. Mm. Yeah. So kind of where did that, because you're talking about kind of when you were, when you were younger. Yeah. Uh, where did that kind of drive come from? Was it a, was it, did your parents kind of instill it into you? Was it a, like out of necessity? Brother, you know this story. You've mm. heard it before. Like the 70s, a bunch of Indians come over mm. to the UK, right? We got moved, our grandparents got moved from Africa, India to Africa. Then from Africa, when the Brits left, we came to the UK. My parents came, classic story with nothing. I was born in uh, Bolton mm. and three months into being born in Bolton, my dad was like, oh my God, having a kid's going to be super expensive. So me, my mom, uh, my 
dad's brother, my dad's mom and dad moved into a two bedroom place above a shop. Then my sister came along as well. So there's about maybe, I guess, seven of us mm. in the house. And, um, you know, me sleeping in the living room above the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awful, man. Like it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't awful in the sense that like we, we just didn't have the things that other kids had. But we had that drive. Like when I say, oh, you've seen them. Um, have you seen, you like the Batman movies? Mm-hmm. You know when Bane and, ba- and Batman are fighting in the yeah, cave yeah. and Bane said, I was born here? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was born in it. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, yeah. like, there's, there's, I don't know any other thing. There are people that are like, I'd like to be friends with Rajka Techa, and then they go out with me for dinner and they're like, no, nah, I wouldn't because all I know is this game, like mm-hmm. the hustle and the mm. business. Like, I'm not about, I, I couldn't, I can't change a tire on a car. Yeah. I couldn't tell you who's playing in the Premier League. Mm. I know nothing. I just, I just love this. I love entertainment. I love bringing people together. I love this crazy blend of different w- worlds and, and, and holding them together. You know what I mean? With, with my bare hands. So and it was complete necessity because I went to university the year that university fees kicked in. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so the story is I, I saw a flyer in my room there was a thousand kids in my halls. I ran out to the streets, onto the corner uh, with, with a partner of mine at the time. I was just like, do you want to come out? Can I borrow your jacket? Because it was cold. Mm. This guy said, if you sell a bunch of tickets, we'll give you a free ticket. Mm. We were making 50 pence a ticket. So in the UAE, that guy's, that's two and a half dirhams yeah, yeah. per ticket. Mm. And that's how I started. Hand to hand, knocking on doors, going up like dozens of floors and knocking on every single of the 250 rooms, mm. four people per room and just selling tickets hand to hand. So then kind of after that, you're talking about Toronto. So yeah. what, what, were you, what were you up to there? So I graduated in 2001 with my first degree. Mm-hmm. And it was called, and, and my thesis at the time was mobile commerce, a revolutionary opportunity to get into the minds and pockets of consumers. So what year, what year was this? 2001. Okay. So imagine Green there's phones, no 3G, yeah. there's certainly no 4G. Yeah. There's none of the high tech stuff. Well, there's no smartphones. Yeah, yeah, not, nothing. Not We're talking like those old Nokias, yeah, and old yeah. Sony Ericsson's, or even Ericsson's at those times. And... Then the, the first dot-com crash happened. Yeah. So I come out of university 2001. I'm like, okay, cool, let's get it. And uh, and everybody that I applied to, whether it's Deloitte, KPMG, you know, I'm trying to follow the typical Indian yeah, yeah, kid yeah, route, yeah, right? Yeah. Try and get a corporate job. They're all like turning me away. Some of them are even taking the thesis and reading it and then not emailing me back. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, we're stable. And I saw that Canada was fairly stable. In 1999, as soon as I was 19 years old, I went to New York mm. with a friend of mine, um, and I saw what North America was like. I saw the vibe. I remember walking through Times Square and seeing like dot coms on billboards being like, yo, this dot com web stuff is really going to blow up. So when everything went down in the UK, I was like, let me go back to North America. I went to Toronto. I had an aunt there, stayed with her for a couple of nights, got an apartment. Then we ended up selling mobile phones because remember my, my thesis was in mobile phones. Yep. So selling them retail was just too easy, mm. especially when we were selling them in colleges, especially when you got a UK accent. Mm. So Kids are buying all these mobile phones from me. And they said, what would you like if you become a top salesperson? And I said, I need five minutes with the CEO. Yeah. So we, me and my partner became top salespeople inside that organization. It was called Student Phones. And then they were like, okay, cool. Here's your, here's your commission and mm. off you go. And we were like, no, hold up. We asked for five minutes with the CEO. They were like, he's walking out to go to Dublin right mm-hmm. now. I said, give me my five. Gave him my five minutes, told him what we did. He goes, funnily enough, we sell the most phones to all kids in the country. Mm. We'd love an additional revenue stream. And if you know about how this whole ringtones thing works, why don't you set up a division for us? Mm. And so he backed me. In those days, you'd call it, nowadays you call it a startup or you say it's incubated. Yeah. In those days, it was just two hustlers being like, look, I sell all the phones in the country to kids. Yeah. If you can help me make a couple of dollars on a ringtone for each one that I sell, I'm down. Mm. And then a year later, I was the face of Sony Ericsson mm. uh, for Canadian Music Week. I did a nationwide TV tour. I mean, it, 
I've had a lot of luck, bro. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that. Like mm. a lot of hustlers and entrepreneurs just say, you know, I did this, I did that, I read it right. I had a ton of good luck. Like I, and, and, and I follow my instinct a lot as well. You know what I mean? I, I think that knowing who you are and having your energy right is really important in this game, especially in a place like Dubai where you can get lost in, you know, the sparkles on the bottles yeah, and the yeah. flashy cars. Like, it, sorry, I'm, I'm ranting. Like, well, you know no, what I'm I mean? Actually, like, well, something you said there, I, I think... I kind of, I kind of disagree with the whole notion of luck. Like I, I forget who says it, but uh, I heard a quote once where it went, "Luck is just basically opportunity um, and preparation, and when they collide." You know what's Would real you about agree? that? Yeah. You know what's real about that? You know when I said I'm just a one-trick pony, mm. so I'm always prepared. Mm. If you want to do something right now, if you go, listen, Raj, I'm Tom. This is what I do. I'm in the publishing industry, but on the low, I've been working on this, mm. or I'd like a couple of eyeballs on this. Mm. I'm with you. Mm. Like, I'll stay here an hour after the interview. Let's get a piece of paper and let's chop it up and let's see if we can make it happen. Mm. What do you need? Money, contacts, mm. leverage. What, you know, we can figure it out. Like, I love it. It's my, it's my, it's it's me at my absolute best is mm. doing what I'm doing right now. So, yeah, I, I can accept that some people would reject the concept of luck. If your thesis is, is preparation meets opportunity, yeah. I'm always prepared, mm. man. So, yeah, and, and Lord knows there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Like, especially in a city like Dubai. So then is it as simple as, can you mentioned that you got five minutes with the CEO and you kind of, you, you kind of, I guess you kind of pitched him this idea. Is it that simple? Is it just, if you want something, step one, ask for it? I think before you ask for something, you've got to know what you want to ask for. Mm. Like I've always known, I, my, my cousin Vic, who works, who's actually moved to Dubai and works across the street here, mm. he put a mobile phone in my hand like 2004, uh, sorry, 1994, 95, 96. Mm. Back in those days, it was like, I think it was called one-to-one in London. Mm. And uh, he put a phone in my hand. And I remember feeling, looking at that phone being like, wow, this phone's got no wire on it. This could change the game. This yeah. Motorola graphite brick could change the great, could change the game. When that, when I, when I fell in love, the same way you'd like fall in love with a girl, mm. when I fell in love with the concept of that technology, I knew that I'd always be about it. So naturally you're alert to anything to do with mobile phones. Somebody walks in the room right now and says mobile, or I've got this new mobile, I'm obsessed with it. Mm. So when you meet a guy who's selling the most phones in the country, in Canada, you're going to be like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm with you. Like, what do you want to do? And quite honestly, if he'd not said, I don't, I don't, I don't do, if he'd said, I don't want to do ringtones, but I want to do mobile phone cases, or I want to do charges, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, or anything, I'd have been like, I'm with it. Mm. Because it's, it's close enough. It's close enough to where I'm trying to go that I'll figure out the rest of the way. I don't need anybody to open a door for me, like in life. And I, I encourage others to do the same. If you know where the door is, just go push it open. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you know that roughly 80% of the opportunity you've got in your head is behind that certain place, then just go get it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. So then kind of you have, uh, we have Manchester, we have Toronto, uh, kind of New York. Why Dubai? What brought you here specifically? Bro, when I say I love Dubai, I love Dubai so much mm. because, and it's crazy because I feel like, and these, these, these questions that you're writing, they're not, it's not as if we've ever met before, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was in Manchester and I saw, I started off promoting garage music, like Little Bit of Luck, yeah. DJ Luck, MC Neat, all these mm. kind of records. I saw it come in. I was like, this is next. I got on it, paid off my whole university with it. Went to Toronto, saw the mobile phone thing happening, the ringtones thing happening, jumped on it. Came to London. Started doing all the stuff on, you know, making content for YouTube. Saw it coming. Made it through a couple of recessions there as well. The first dot-com burst, the 2008 burst. When I come to Dubai, I see it. 
Like I can see this market, regardless of what's happening with, you know, the macroeconomy, stock prices, what people from outside Dubai say, there is so much opportunity here right now. Yeah. It is mind boggling. And actually I feel like I get more and more positive, the more detractors there are. Like, because I'm in the streets here, mm. like I'm in media city, downtown, Al Cruz. I'm mm. with the, the young hip hop kids that are out DJing. Cause that's my heritage. I've been a DJ for 20 years. Mm. So I get culture signals from there and Dubai's going through like, it's all-time greatest gold rush opportunity. That's discounting the fact that Expo's coming in 2020. Yeah. That's discounting all of this kind of like high government level campaign stuff. We are like in a phenomenal country, mm. you know what I mean? And also as a, as a person who does business here, I love the fact that I can just walk out at three o'clock in the morning and nothing bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, aside from me, like falling down, you know, falling over and doing something to myself. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you're in a country where it's like, you got a fair shot here. And I saw that in New York in 99. I saw that when I moved to London in 2006, I saw that in Toronto in 2003, 2004. And I feel it now. I really feel it here. But if I can go on, right. Yeah. This is the mistake that everybody makes about Dubai. Mm. It's clear that when you come here, you can become a serious success, right? In a 2019, 2020, 2021 world. But Dubai is not a place where you come to take. The reason why I've been successful, the reason why my friends, your friends is successful here, the reason why my podcast is a success here, the reason why everything I touch is a success here is because I create on the canvas that is Dubai. I'm in Dubai to give. Mm. You understand what I mean? When we do my friends, your friends, I get 15 people that invite 15 of their friends or 20 of their friends. Now 200 people meet in a bar. Mm. Now you might be into, what are you into outside being, you know, great in the publishing game? I don't know. We do a lot of video. We do a lot of social no, you media. Person, you Tom. Oh, you know, you play the odd video game, do right. some sports. So I got a bunch of guys who are into video games. I'm like, if you come to my friends, your friends, it's like coming to a house party. Mm. I'm like, yo, Tom, you're into video games. My, my man over here is into video games. You guys should connect. I have a ton of friends. I want other people to make friends. And that is, I express that through my friends, your friends. Everything I do in Dubai that's quote unquote successful, that's got me where I am today is because I gave first. Yeah right? You can come here and you can play the, oh, tax-free game. You know, you can be like a six out of 10, seven out of 10 player in your own country and mm. here become an eight or nine mm. because Dubai's got so much opportunity and the supply demand economics are different based on talent here. But if you come to Dubai to give to people, mm. like give to the community, grow, connect, bring people together, create that kind of blend, you are absolutely going to succeed here. Mm. You know what I mean? But then I guess, so people listening to this will go, that's all kind of, that's all fair. That's fair enough. Uh, but I can't just give, 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 give. When do I eventually get something for myself? What do you need in the business, right? You need prospects. Mm -hmm. You need people to talk to. You need leads. Bro, I went, this, this thing that I've created two years ago with 15 people meeting in a bar mm. now has a community of 2,000 people. Mm. I want you to come to my event, the next one that we do, which we're going to confirm soon. Like, you want to see the amount of love I get from people, bro. Mm. It's so real. Like, people stop me, selfies, hugs, talk to this person. This person's come over from Morocco. Can you say hi? This person's come over from London. Oh, I love what you do. I listen to your podcast. Mm. i seen your show with Fat Man Scoop. i seen what you've done with Gary Vaynerchuk. I came to your party 10 years ago with Russell Peters. Where do I ever need to, do I need to do any marketing? Mm. None. Because the number one thing that people ask you when you're living your passion is what else do you do? When I was DJing it and killing it at parties, I put 600 people inside the Gherkin building for my birthday in London. Yeah. 
all of those 600 people don't exactly know who Raj Katecha is because they've come with a friend and they come over and they go, great set, man, loved it. I had a great time. Thanks for throwing this free party in a government listed building. Then they put their arm around you and they go, what else do you do? Mm. And at that point you go, I'm really into making content. Mm. I make content for brands. And then what do they do? You know what? My brother-in-law's got five dental practices Mm. or this person over here is launching a travel agency that specializes in kayaking in Oman. Can you come in and do a talk for us? Or can you come in and can your team help us figure out a content strategy over the next 12 to 18 months? Mm. So actually it seems like give, 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 but I'm, I'm generating, I'm magnetizing opportunity because the game here, brother, is ethical debt. Mm. When you give, 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 and people look at you as somebody who's given them something, as human beings, because we are all good as human beings, you want to do something back for that person. It's so simple. You go to a bar, someone buys you a drink. You're like, that guy's cool. Yeah. Let me buy him a drink back. Like, you know, we're becoming friends. We're both into video games or sports or whatever. And you just catch a vibe. So you don't need to worry about giving because the universe will just balance that out. Mm. Now, let's, we, just keep it, we can keep it real on this podcast, right? Yep. Are you going to get jerked by some people? 100%. Mm. Like out of every 100 people you help, one person's going to take your contacts. One person's going to do this. But in the macro, like in the overall big, big game, mm doesn't make a difference brother mm. like if you're if you're out here winning 90 95 times out of 100 who cares if you lose a little bit of money here you lose you lose a contact there somebody tries to copy you here somebody takes your idea it takes your ip it just it doesn't matter in the long game yeah i'm 38 years old I've done, and, and, and you could say that you become active at 18 that's when you're adult right mm. if you look at decades i've ran the gambit twice mm. 18 to 28 like the non-smartphone era did the ringtones portal, traveled the world, got on YouTube early, started working with rappers. Then 2008, 2009, along come the smartphones and the iPhones. Now we've just done another run. Mm. Now we're about to do 2019 to 2029. It just keeps getting better. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So Every then, day. So then with that, kind of, kind of, I guess your outlook is kind of, uh, kind of different from, kind of, I guess, your, your regular kind of entrepreneur's kind of outlook. How does that kind of... Um, move into kind of the business, the creative content agency. What, what does that help? Does that make kind of your company unique kind of, kind of the, the way, the way you kind of look at the world is, does that kind of delve into it or do you guys kind of, you guys just a bog standard content shop? The, the way that we look at the world, what we call our thesis, which is what I'm going to spend the next couple of years explaining to CEOs is what differentiates us. So here's what happens. Mm. Majority of my clients, right, come from an age where they were not native to social media when they first came in the game. Uh, absolutely. Okay, we're talking about ladies and gents north of 40, 50 years old. Yeah. When you look at social media, imagine everything that is social media is in this cup. Yeah. Now me and you are about this life, so we know what it is, right? When you look inside the whole digital game, inside that cup, you see podcasts, hashtags, SEO, optimization, images, GIFs, boomerangs. It's too much Mm. if you're not from this game. Mm. So what we do is we split it, right, into twice, into four quadrants, right? And those four quadrants are plan, produce, publish, promote. Mm. Plan, where are you trying to go? Mm. What's your strategy? What what do you call return? Produce. There's a million things you can produce, AR, VR. You know, the game will confuse you. But ultimately, audio, video, written content, graphics, right? Publish. Where is your audience already? Okay, if you're skewing heavily female, Pinterest. If you're skewing heavily B2B, LinkedIn. Mm. If you're skewing like consumer and fashion, Instagram. 
and then promote. Once it's there, how do you get it further, mm. right? And when we go into boardrooms and we tell people like, they're like, email's dead, everything's on social media. I'm like, no, it's not dummy because most people are getting, still to this day, are getting anywhere between 11 to 29% email open rates yeah, yeah. when the Instagram algorithm's giving you three to five. Yeah. So when you really, really are in it and you explain it to CEOs, that's what differentiates you. I don't care about the social media platforms. Mm. I don't care what changes on Instagram, what, what the algorithms are. You know, Instagram itself is its own micro economy. Mm. You go inside there, you've got stories, you've got the posts, now you've got IGTV. The game's gonna keep changing, but I put content above social media. So when you play the philosophical game, you can tackle anything that happens at a strategic or tactical level. Mm. And what's really super dope about that is I apply that to my own products. I have a podcast called... OPP, Other People's Podcasts with Fat Man Scoop, Grammy mm -hmm. Award winner, right? We saw the fact that there were so many podcasts in the world and we said, how do we review other people's podcasts? Mm. So that you know when you're scrolling through podcast store, what to listen to. I've got my own podcast, Raj Katecha, that's a great question, mm. where I interviewed everyone from Tupac's brother, okay. right? Around Tupac's, around the time of Tupac's birthday, right through to Olivier Harnish, the CEO of Imar Hospitality. Yeah. It's about that, it's about that blend. Like everybody that comes to my friends, your friends, a lot of them aren't on their phone, brother. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. They're, they're shaking hands, they're talking, they're deep in convo. Sometimes it takes a waiter to come over and ask them for a drink before mm. they even get another drink. It's online, offline. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's creating, curating, collaborating. It's the blend of promote, plan, produce, publish, promote. When you, when you understand those things and you're doing it over and over again and it's native to you, that's what makes us stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, I'm so sorry, bro, because I'm giving you such long answers that's for right, like short right, questions. Right. But like, and I go, I go a bit Kanye when people ask me these <laughs> questions because I'm, I'm answering from here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like I really, I want people listening to this podcast and I appreciate, by the way, everyone's attention who's even bothering to listen. Mm. Like I want, I want everyone to win. It's the reason why, it's the reason why I've been successful in this market mm. because you can afford to give. Well, so then let me just kind of jump in with a, a bit more of a kind of out there question. Yeah. Uh, let's say that overnight the internet shut down. We're gone. It's like Y2K2. Yeah. What would you do? Go back to the streets. Mm. All day. I'm, I'm right back in it. Bro, I started off as a flyer boy. Mm. You, think I give a, you think I care about Twitter or Instagram? I used to drive through the hood in a 35 pound mountain bike in Hume. Mm -hmm. You know Manchester, how it's set up? <laughs> I don't really, but. All the hoods are near the city. Mm. Like the difference with London is you come from out of London from the hood into the city. Yeah. In Manchester, you can walk from the hood to the city. So we used to go to like print shops and stuff. I put 5,000 flyers in my bag, mm. right? Go home, hide my bicycle so no one steals it because that happened. <laughs> and then knock on a knock on 250 doors and hand four flyers each places. Yeah. Then stand in the snow. You know how, you know, Manchester's not a beach town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's, it's, it's cold. cold. It's not it's miserable. Out in the rain, in the snow, flyer and flyer. And I started there. Those are my first principles. You know what first, first principles are, right? Like in life, you've got gravity, you've got yeah. evaporation, right? The first principles, things that cannot be changed. That hand-to-hand -hand connection, I'm still about that analog life. At some level, I wish that we could have a week of no internet yeah. to separate the ones that are really real like, out like here. The purge, and the ones but, that, yeah, but just, exactly. just like social media yeah. and the internet. That's, that's exactly what I would do. And honestly, dude, like if there's no internet, but there's still a phone, yeah. I'm calling you up, Tom, because mm. like we met today, but there's a lot of people like the, the agents and all these other people, they speak highly of you. So we, there's a mm. chance we could be friends. Mm. So what am I going to do in the week when there's no internet? Yo, Tom, you want to go get something to eat? Yeah. You want to go get a kebab? You want to just go kick it? Mm. Like- 
there's so much you can do without it. The thing about the internet is it scales. Yeah. You know, when I post, a, when I used to hand out flyers, I'd hand out one at a time, four at a time if the kid is cool and they'll hand out four more. And their job is to take those four and they're essentially duplicating. Yeah. I had to pre-duplicate the flyer. Mm. The thing about the share button is it duplicates at scale. Mm. Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be. So we're using those principles. I'm ready for the, I'm, I'm okay with it, a day of no internet. And to be honest, it happens, doesn't it? You see internet, you see Instagram go down for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. You Everyone see Facebook their go down. Mind. Everyone's like jumping like off the off their buildings. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. cool. Mm. Let's just let's just play let's just play the game like it's 1994 for a day. Yeah. Because I was doing that mm. anyway. Mm. We're so, how, how old are you, brother? Uh, 31. Right. So you're 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 somewhere in between. The blessing of being 38, mm. 39 this year for me is that we came from that analog era. Yeah, yeah. Bro, my dad was a shopkeeper. Mm. So we there was a one, I was I grew up in a one road in, one road out town in Salford in West Manchester in the yeah. 80s, right? Rough racism, fight with your hands type stuff. And when there was traffic on that one road where our shop was, like let's say there's a crash or whatever, yeah. I was ready to get Coke cans and go out and sell door them. to door. No, yeah. window to window, window. Because my parents are from Africa. Yeah. So when you're stuck in traffic in Nairobi, what happens? The little yeah. street kids come and knock and say, would you like a Fanta bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I, I think people shouldn't fear the analog world. They should lean into it. Mm. If you, I'm a DJ. Mm. When people say, what's your best tip as a DJ? I'm like, put the controller away for a couple of days and just go and buy five vinyls mm. and touch those 12 inch vinyls with your hands mm. and get that blend right. Because mm. those first principles of blending with no computer screen yeah. will help you do magic when you DJ digital. Yeah. You're touching on all the right subjects today, mm -hmm. bro. Like this is, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so grateful for the chance to talk about this because this is exactly my thesis about life. Yeah. Well, then let's go into that kind of, kind of so kind of you you kind of have this background over here in kind of sales and now you're in content and now also we have kind of DJ in the mix. Uh, does that most people would look at that and go, well, these are all completely opposite things. Uh, they have nothing to do with each other. But does that kind of blend? I guess, does that, is it a benefit to have all those different kind of varying skills? Yeah. Dude, it's, it's, it's really simple. I couldn't stop doing any of those things. I talk to my team all the time. How can I give up DJing? Yeah. Right? Since, since I was 30, mm. since I used to be DJ Raj Love Soul, mm. and I was like, you know what? People just got to know my real name, Raj Katecha. I've been trying to retire from DJing for like a decade. <laughs> but my blend is my success. Yeah. You get it? Like, it's the fact that I can go right now to Industrial Avenue on a Thursday night and hang and go behind the DJ booth with like one take Nando's. Yeah. But then I'm going to a major CEO's lunch at the Capitol Club at, at one o'clock this afternoon. The fact that I can walk from one to the other mm. is what makes is what's given me the, the, the success. That I don't like saying I'm a success, but you know what I'm saying? Like objectively mainstream when people categorize me that way. Yeah. That's what it is. When I was working, I used to work for this this chat. Uh, Rafa Ali from Paid Content. And he used to do events at the Wardorf Astoria when yep. there was a Wardorf Astoria in New York. And I'd go straight from doing that event to Harlem. Mm. Or we'd be in Santa Monica at the Huntley Hotel doing a conference for like with Facebook, MySpace in those days, you mm. know, when they would been yeah, acquired yeah, by yeah, News yeah. Corp, this startup at the time, YouTube had been acquired by Google. Yeah. And then after that, I'd go to Inglewood with Glasses Malone. Mm. And Glasses Malone is the, Ooh. Glasses Malone, that's energy. See that, <laughs> when yeah. I say magnetizing, yeah, that's real, right? Yeah, the, uh, the mic over. Glasses Malone is the guy that put Kendrick Lamar on. Yeah. Who then got signed to Dre and is now considered the best, one of the best rappers in the world. So then does like, that make you better than say someone who kind of, I guess just let's do, we'll talk about the content game. Does that make you better than someone who, I don't know, went to university, did marketing, worked in publishing for a few years and then started up their own content shop? They've only lived and breathed content. Not, honestly, for real, bro, like, I would say that 
nothing makes me better than anybody else. Mm. I, I have an advantage in the sense that I love work. I'm extremely passionate. Mm. And also I'm fortunate. Look, how, how did I know? How did any of us know, right? You're 1989 born in that era. I'm 1980. How did we know that the internet was going to come along? Yeah, no one, no we one didn't. did really. Yeah. And then how did we know that the internet would create such a massive innovation curve mm. that then mobile phones would come along? And then mm. how did we know that mobile phones would do what they did in such a short period of time? Mm. We didn't. Nothing makes me better than anybody else. It's just that I'm leaning into it. Mm. Excuse me. I'm leaning into it. If there's something going down, anything going down, I'm interested. If you say to me, you know what, Raj, here at Esquire, we are super pro AR. Mm. We believe that print magazines will make a comeback. And in combined with the Esquire app, they'll put it over the magazine and stuff will jump out. Yeah. And that's a reality. I've got nine out of 10 people out there in the world telling me that's not going to happen. Mm. But if you tell me it's going to happen, I'm going to check in with you on a regular basis because if it moves, I want to be there early. When I saw YouTube come in, I was like, cool. You know, people at the time were just stealing videos yeah, from yeah, other yeah. Cl- platforms and then using piracy and putting music videos on, yeah. on the internet. I was like, cool. If I interview people, then the same way that you get interviews on Top of the Pops and all these other shows, Smash Hits, yep. if I did that, but for the internet, what kind of advantage would that give me? Mm. There was no proof that that was going to play out. And actually, bro, anybody who goes on the internet right now and jumps back 10 years on my YouTube channel yep. will see the most awful content ever. Right, like terrible interview. I don't know. Ten years ago, a lot of content on YouTube was going to be. It's yeah. going to be pretty terrible. But like how you're so polished and like you know you know what you're doing. You have got your questions written mm. out. Like I wasn't like that at all. I was jumping in and interrupting the dude because mm. I was just like insecure as a, as an interviewer. But now, ten years later, there's a legacy effect. Mm. Now, when I say to you, trust me, I know what I'm doing when it comes to content, and I can help your brand communicate to another business. It's because I can show you my scars and my stripes. Mm. Like I can tell, I, I know when a new CEO sits down with me and let's say she's, you know, 52 years old and nervous in front of the camera, I can show her me in 2007, 2008. Mm. And be like what you're doing right now is super normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But does it make me better? Absolutely not. In fact, to be honest, what leaders make great leaders, create good creators, like legendary creators make other great creators. You look at all mm. the people that have followed, all the people that Jay-Z is inspired when it comes mm. to rapping. You look at all the entrepreneurs that Gary Vaynerchuk's inspired when it comes to the tech game. If I can do anything with this tiny fraction of a bit of time I've got on this planet, yeah. you know, God willing, I get 80, 90 years, 100 years. If I can give birth psychologically to people that want to mm. follow me, in, in the sense, not follow me, but as in like, take my outlook and improve it. That's a huge win for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's when you can say, yeah, if I, if I inspired like 50 people or a hundred people or five people and the average person inspires nobody, yeah. then I would say that, yeah, that's a win for me. That gives me an advantage. So then let's say that there's someone kind of listening to this. Um, they've just graduated. They're not sure kind of what they want to do in, in the world, in life. Uh, what would you say to them? It's a deep question, I know. If you're not sure what you want to do in life, like the, we talk, we're talking about, you know what, to be honest, it doesn't matter whether it's old or young. Yeah. Understand that more often than not, there are very few consequences in this world. Mm. Like the end game is death, right? Anything pre-death, like what they say doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, Yeah. is, is still fair game. You should try it, okay? You want to you wanna be working in a hedge fund in the day, and you're, you know, you, you're 100% looking up to Ray Dalio or yeah. Warren Buffett. And then in the evening, you want to be a DJ and you're looking up to Jazzy Jeff and starting from scratch. Cool. Do it. Because this is so important, Tom. This is incredibly important. Let's, you've always got two, two balances for a theory, right? 
should I do this? Should I do that? And then there's mm. a pro and a con. But there's always a third thing in the room, which is just the universe, like data. Mm. So should I should I become should I go all in on being a hedge fund manager or all in on vegan gluten free muffins? Yeah. Well, both hypotheses exist, but then the market decides. Mm. Like the world following that gluten free muffin idea on a random day that led you to go to a conference in your hometown, which led to you get winning a free ticket to San Diego to another mm. conference means that three years later, you could have the number one gluten-free muffin in Walmart. Mm. So you, you, you almost shouldn't paralyze yourself trying to make these decisions because there's a third energy in the room, right? Now you can call it the market yeah. or you can call it the universe or mm. the spirit or God or whatever. But ultimately I say this, you've seen, you've seen Gladiator, right? Yep. You're the gladiator, I'm the lion. Mm. We go into the Coliseum and you slay me. Mm. But that doesn't mean you win because you have to look around, right? Yeah. And what do people do? They do this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this? Yeah, good. But what's this on social media? Yeah, like, yeah. So the market decides. You can, you do try it. Try your business idea. Put your content out. There are so many reads and metrics that you can use between online and offline. Mm. Like the biggest, you, the biggest metric I use right now is not likes and comments. It's just love. Mm. You come to my friends, your friends, you come to an event where I'm DJing, the amount of people that want selfies, now people want like, some people want autographs, but, but what, I'm really not bothered about the autographs thing. One thing that's freaking me out mm. is that I go to London at the moment and somebody will stop me mm. and for 20 minutes, they'll tell me everything about me. Yeah, That's a trip. Like they're like, <laughs> in 2007, when you did an event with Shazam and Sony Music, I was in the crowd. Then in 2008, when you did the gig at the Gherkin, yeah. I was on the front row. Then when you did this, and they're following me as an entrepreneur, as an event organizer, as a guy who creates brands, as a DJ, mm. as a consultant, like that to me is worth so much more than how many likes, how many comments, which is ultimately dictated by the algorithm and how much that favors you. You've got to look at the whole picture. Mm. And when you know that there's a whole picture to consider, what's, why, why paralyze yourself and say, what should I do next? Just decide. And if you can't decide, write them down on a piece of paper, put them in a mug like this, pull yeah. one out and be like, right, let's do it. We're going to yeah. go with the gluten-free muffins first. We'll do that for six months. We'll go all in mm. and then we'll start that hedge fund career or the blog on hedge funds or whatever the case may be. Mm. So kind of like this kind of whole kind of hustle mindset, I, I kind of, I get it. So I talked to Gary Vaynerchuk uh, last year and then when he was here in Dubai. Yeah, that's um, my older brother. Man, that's my, that's like my OG, like my mentor. Yeah. Like when I say to you, yo, get this, Michael, when I say to you, the first interview I did with him, mm. we, we bust into his hotel, right? Because mm. there was a time where Gary Vaynerchuk, all he said was, email me and I'll email you back. Mm. In 0809, Gary Vaynerchuk was that. So I did a Hail Mary and I just emailed him and he emailed me back. We went to his hotel. He was checking out of his hotel. He was dying of flu. And we got there half an hour early. We set up microphones, two cameras. In those days, it was tapes and camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We set up a whole studio. And when he walked in the room, he basically saw this yeah. in his breakfast room. And he was like, oh, you're serious, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> At that time, everyone had flip cams. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah so I remember them. I, when, I'm, I'm only, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. It's just no, that when no. you say his name, I have to give the brother a shout out because he's just like, he, did, he made such an impact on my life. I've interviewed him six times, launched two of his books. Yeah. Had the massive privilege of earlier in his life, having private dinners with him in front of government people. And mm. like, yeah, I mean, I just have to shout that dude out every time you say his name. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. No, no, I was, yeah. uh, Kind of, he, he kind of preaches the kind of. You guys have a similar thing. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Go all in. Mm. Uh, why? What is one of his things? Is kind of like you know, stop watching Game of Thrones. Work. Mm. There is there is a prevailing culture right now 
which is work, 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 work. There's also a prevailing culture of mass unhappiness at work um, and just burnout. How do you have kind of both those things? Because ultimately, if if you kind of always work all of the time, that will that will lead to burnout. That will lead to people kind of going, I don't want to do this anymore. So how do you have that hustle mentality here as well as that kind of just and I'm not talking work life balance. I'm talking about kind of kind of general ability to everyone needs to switch off in some way, shape or form. Like, is there a way that those two kind of things can meet? Yes, because there's two variables. No matter who it is that's that's out here like hustling the way that they do, they know what their balance is, right? Mm. Gary will do three to three weeks off yeah. in the summer, deep off, mm. right? He has a bunch of his weekends as free time. Me recently, actually, I was just saying this to, to Pooja recently, like ladies just joined my team, that she's big on taking weekends off. So as yeah. a result of that, me and Michael, who's another guy on my team, we take, we've now just started taking weekends off. Now, I don't mean off as in like, off, mm. off, off, like, you know, Game of Thrones binge. What I mean is just like some mental downtime. But when you're talking about burnout, you said at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If you're at work at somebody else's job, mm. like if you're doing a job for somebody else and that's not perfectly aligned with what you want to do, that fatigue's going to kick in a lot earlier. Now, I'm not saying to people, quit your job at all. I'm not saying that at all. If you're doing your job and you love it and you love the part that you play in that organization and the culture and everything that's built around you, do it and then take the relative amount of time off that you want. But where it, where it comes in is where you're actually, you're pushing against your own energy. Yeah. You feel me? Like if you're, if you know you're not meant to be doing something, but you're doing something and every day when you go to your job, you just feel like you're mailing it in and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're sat through boardroom meetings and you're like, this guy doesn't know what they're talking about, but I've just got to sit here and take it because I'm like five months away from my bonus or whatever mm. the case may be. Then burnout's going to come with it. And then yeah. it just comes down to self-awareness. It's at that point, Tom, that you stop watching Game of Thrones in the evening and do what you're meant to do. Mm. Because it's the constipation of you not living your passion that causes the burnout. Mm. It's not lack of energy. It's the energy eating itself inside you. You feel me? Mm -mm. You can work that bum job that you don't want to do. And then at night, do the gluten-free muffin blog. Yeah, yeah. Or do gymnastics or do... Uh, you know, Pilates or whatever it may be mm. so that the real you has a voice in your 24 hour day. Mm. More often than not, it's not lack of energy or burning it all at work. It's the fact that the other one, the real you couldn't get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So it's kind of like you can't really, in essence, you can't really burn out if you're actually doing the thing that you're kind of always meant to be doing or you should be doing. Yeah, burn, burn, that physical burnout can happen, right? But when people talk about, when people talk about burnouts, like, we, as human beings, we're good. Mm. Like we've got plenty of energy, man. Mm. But, but we've got to be careful with this burnout thing is because we've got to look at the reason why somebody burns out. Why phys I've to, listen, yo, bro, I've been there for real, for yeah. real. Like when I was like doing my corporate hustle in London and building this business and then DJing at night and I was busting out 18, 20 hour days on a regular basis. Mm. I was in Northwick Park Hospital in Harrow. IV'd up two or three times. I remember calling my cousin Vic like a couple of times being like, we're gonna need to go to hospital because I've got nothing. Mm. No water in my body, no carbs. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm wiped out, right? Sound like a and good boom, place to be. it's not a good place to be in, right? But but I wasn't calibrated right. Mm. I wasn't leveraging all, all the different things in my world. The, the blend was actually off, mm. right? Mm. You know what I mean? And then it's like when you get it right, it's, it, it, it starts to work. I actually work harder now mm. in terms of number of hours. And I've got more brands and businesses in my portfolio and behind me than I had then when I was 28, 29 years old. But, does it feel but like I get it's about getting the blend right. Okay, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's, it, it's, once you get that right, you can do it. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that people say in the mainstream, bro, just to like 
just to like freak people out, like mm. like dog eat dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs don't eat dogs. Mm. Like we've got to get rid of these headlines. Mm. Rat race. Mm. Rats don't race. You ever you ever see a bunch of race rats get together and be like, "Yo, who's fastest?" <laughs> if we can do anything with the shift that's happening in people's minds right now, is that we have to get to the reality of it. What you're talking about about work life balance, mindfulness. I'm all about that life. I'm all about it. Mm. But in that, there has to be a purge of these sayings that became popular in yeah. Glen Gary, Glen Ross, mm. boiler room sales, commercial, hardcore, eighties, nineties crazy world mm. we've got to understand exactly what the reality is and the reality is like taking time out to listen to yourself understanding what your passion is and then giving that a bit of time you control your resources what's going on in your mind you control that you can decide do i want to take do i want to take 30 minutes out in the morning to watch uh, a video that might help me yeah a ted talk video mm. right you, you, you can do that. And I'm not saying TED Talks. I'm not saying Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not saying Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, mm. James Altucher, it can, Lewis Howes. It can be anybody. But you've got time to feed yourself that positivity or that passion. It's crazy. I was supposed to, I, two nights ago, I went to bed at two in the morning, woke up at four. Freakish yeah. night. I don't endorse that anybody does it. Nobody mm. should do that. But again, last night, I was like, I'm going to have a super early night. And then I end up like staying up the whole night <laughs> looking at like, videos and stuff like i went through a whole bunch of like shivas's videos yeah, yeah, yeah. to be like yo what are their videos like what does it look like they're all super cool by the yeah, way and yeah, i'm like yeah. really excited to be in one but i didn't really I, I needed to like take time to be like what's going on around me because i've been like from here to here to here to video shoot to this to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. media to voiceover like it's been so crazy since since i've since my brand has become what it's become in dubai and i was like i just take time out and i was like if I don't take time out to, to see what's going on, am I going to deliver for you today? Mm. I feel pressured to come to you, like pressure and competitiveness. Yeah, you should. Right? I'm, I'm nice. No, I'm, I'm not nice. No, I'm but, a nice guy. No, but, don't worry. No, but as of yesterday, I didn't know you from a, from a box of Kleenex, right? Like yeah. people say nice things, but when I say pressure, I don't mean like you're going to bust me on, like mm. you're going to come at me on, cam on camera. What I'm saying is I want to deliver for you. Mm. I, want, I want us to walk away, shake hands, and you'd be like, yeah, you know what? Raj brought his A game. Mm. And that meant that I had to put in an extra 40 minutes before I went to bed last night. Mm. So I went through... The, the kind of like dope stuff, like awesome stuff that Shavas puts online. Mm. And I was like, then when I say pressure, I also said competitiveness. Yeah. I also want to be all time best. Yeah. Like I know that there's other people in this campaign mm. and they are super cool and I met them. But when it comes to this interview yeah. with Esquire, this, this has to be, the, it doesn't have to be the most downloaded. It has to be the most valuable per person that's heard it. So for you know kind of, uh, yeah, for, for, for listeners um, who may not know this, uh, Raj is part of Shivas's success as a blend campaign. Um, so actually due to the magic of the internet, I have already sat down with Raj at an event. Um, and if you go online, the link will be in the profile, but you can see kind of what happened on that evening. Uh, through there. Okay, so you're gonna be at the party as well. I'm gonna be talking to you at the party. Oh, I've you're already the guy talked to you at the party because yeah, yeah. this is yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. yeah I but you said to. we're not editing anything out, so we've got no. to keep that keeping it real. That in. was a good event. So, we so went when to. I'm on stage, you're the guy that's gonna be interviewing me. Yes. Oh, that's what's up, man. <laughs> so have you used all your best questions today? Or you no, got a no, couple no. of like left field curveballs for me. Got, we've got absolutely lots. Um, yeah. Last question is the hardest one. Um, yeah. If someone wants to kind of get in touch with you if someone wants to kind of see more of your content someone wants to follow you or your business how do they do that if you can spell my name you're you're, you're all the way home right okay yeah so it's r-a-j mm. raj at creativecontentagency.com mm -hmm. or my my full name is raj katecha r-a-j-k-o-t-e-c-h-a if you can remember that 10 digit like 10 10 10 letter combo you're mm. good because wherever you type that instagram linkedin facebook wherever you can get all of my content and 
the vast majority, in fact, probably everything at this point, everything that I give away is free. Yeah. Like as far as like online content is concerned. So you can have all of my ideas. Like I've got two and a half hours, at, no more than that, several hours of content with Gary Vaynerchuk. So I yeah. launched two of his books, which we, which I called Vaynerworld. Mm. So if you type Vaynerworld on the internet, you can see, you can actually see him transferring his knowledge into me, in, into me yeah. with 500 people in the audience. So you can contact me through any of those places, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, just search for Raj Katecha. If you spell it roughly right, you'll probably see a link that will take you there anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? Well, perfect. Um, and we'll, we'll link all that. We'll link all that in the summary. Yeah, that would be amazing. I really appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Um, and absolutely. Um, in I've already kind of asked uh, if, if people want to ask more questions, then uh, if you're based here, we can get you back in again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in downtown Dubai. I love downtown. I, re I rep for what I call the Holy Trinity, which is DIFC, Downtown Business Bay. I'm always in that triangle. <laughs> so anybody who, uh, anybody who wants to get in contact, just reach out, Raj, at creativecontentagency.com. And anytime you need me, Tom, or any of the, the folks in here, I'm around. Much love. Perfect. Thank you very much. Peace. So that has been another episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. I do hope you enjoyed our chat with Raj. And if you want to know more um, or you wanted us to ask some different questions, be sure to get in touch with us via social media because there's no reason we can't get him back on the show. That's all from us here at Esquire. If you liked the podcast or more importantly, if you absolutely cannot stand it, do let us know by reviewing it. Otherwise, we will see you next week. <laughs>